This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Emma Jane Purcell, and welcome back to Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. For this bonus episode of Fail Harder, before I finish the podcast for good on Thursday, I have handed over the questions to my very good friend, Tom Warren. I think an interesting question as well is, is there any past failure that you look back on now and you say, oh my God, I'm still a little bit devastated. That didn't happen. Oh, wow. You just move on from things. So then it's hard to kind of say, oh, I'm still devastated. Like there's loads of things that didn't work out the way I wanted them to. But now I've sort of like put them into different sections now and divided them up and like, I can't really look at them the same. It's really interesting. Like human beings are like compost bins for experience, you know. And like, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and, and, and whatever happens to us, we just, you know, have to let it, you know, pass through the system and oh rot. Oh my god! <laughs> and then we have to like repurpose it as mulch, like that. But like, honestly, isn't that kind of it? Tom is the host of his own podcast, Personality Bingo. He's also a writer, an actor, a stand-up, and just a really great presenter. So I knew I could trust him to sort of dig deep and ask the hard questions. I just felt this was an important episode to do because I ask all of these incredible guests to come on, chat about their failures, be vulnerable. And it's only right that coming to the end of it, I'm able to sit there and do the same. And it wasn't easy, but I hope you enjoy it. Emma Jane Purcell, you're very welcome to your very own episode of Fail Harder. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. This feels very strange, though. I'm actually feeling a bit nervous that I have to answer these questions. I'm like, I can't believe I make people go through this. Yeah. Do you feel like you owe your previous guests an apology for inflicting this torture upon them? I do. And that's why I'm doing this. I'm actually kind of afraid of the questions a little bit myself and that I I need to be able to like own it and answer those questions. Well, I'm like, going to take it as my job to find the very worst version of you on this podcast. Today. Amazing. I'm buzzing. Okay, Emma Jane, <laughs> as well, so you know, I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random, some of which I've changed just to mess you up a little bit. Most are straightforward. However, some are a little more unconventional. And in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life throws at us, you can pick the number. So Emma Jane, please pick your first number. Ooh, um, number 14, please. Okay, let's psychoanalyze that. No, okay. Number 14. <laughs> okay, it's one of yours. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Um, yes, when it all adds up nicely, definitely. I, I like, I love to be like, God, now if I didn't do that and if it hadn't brought me there and that didn't work out and then I met this person and I, you know, this wouldn't have happened and God, isn't it amazing how, you know, that all leads in and everything happens for a reason. And I definitely like, I definitely want to believe that I think. That's kind of my natural like instinct. However, I also don't think everything happens for a reason. Realistically, you know, when like things are like really shit and there's just no explaining them. So like, you know, the the realistic side of me is like, no, it doesn't happen for a reason. But then I think the like reaching for meaning in everything side of me is like, yes, it does. Yeah, I think it's really important to sorry, I don't think it's really important. I think for me, it's really important to believe that everything happens for a reason. But as you said, realistically, like I'm not that narcissistic, you know what I mean? <laughs> to like everything happens for me for a reason and the world revolves around me, but it's a really useful way to make sense of your life because if something shit happens and you can, you know, and like we can always reverse engineer it. And like, I really noticed that like as a writer who likes to write about his own life and like write autobiographically like it's so tempting to like just put everything into a nice order and wrap it up in a bow like that's kind of 
the job of that sort of work but yeah there is a, a like a naivety or something to 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 really really like you know those people who like say it with a smile I think that's it you can't say it with a smile yeah. you kind of have to say it with like <laughs> I know I'm being a dickhead but I'm choosing to believe this yeah I think we need I think we need it sometimes as like humans in the world we need stuff to cling on to because like life can be really really shit when it's shit and as well like if you're doing something sort of like what we do that's you know like you're like a freelancer or you work in the arts um there's just kind of sometimes just there's so much shit to go with it and there's so much unknowing and there's so much kind of unstability that like you just it's it's just like an it's like a nice little thing to have to tell yourself and you know and to tell other people sometimes as well as like look you know that didn't work out for you but there's something else that's there it's waiting for you now you know that's going to be so much better and like we don't know that but mm. i've definitely said that to loads of people for sure i don't know that yeah like every <laughs> irish mammy's favorite thing to say is what's for you won't go past you yeah you know um can you think of a time when you did need to believe that for yourself Ooh, that's a good question yes <laughs> Please. <laughs> Do expand. I just become one of those guests that just says yes and no to answers. <laughs> Imagine. Um, yes, I think that like a lot of, you know, I know that we always just like veer to things that happened like recently. Um, but I think that kind of all of that COVID time and, you know, I had so many kind of hopes and dreams as we'd say moving to London and then I ended up obviously unemployed and then I was in like a fairly shit job then for ages when I did manage to get a job and you know there was just like all the work that I'd put in for so long and you know all the kind of hustling there was just nothing happening for so long um and you know, I kind of just had to tell myself that this was kind of like part of my story and this was all kind of like going to lead to something. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, that's so I just kind of had to sort of believe that for myself or I'd lose hope altogether, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? What was the version of moving to London that you imagined on your best days? <laughs> Bright lights, big city, baby. <laughs> Um, no, really, I, I kind of thought that I would move to London and I would like, you know, get a job in somewhere like the BBC. Um, I would be living somewhere great. And yeah, like I'd become like very successful, I guess, you know, quickly. <laughs> That's kind of what I hoped. Obviously, you know, I didn't know that for sure. But then it was so the opposite of that, you know, like, what happened was just like honestly like you just couldn't even imagine how opposite it was obviously like <laughs> you know not getting any jobs and you know ending up back in Tipperary and all that um that you know it was kind of character building I suppose but um definitely not what I had dreamed it to be whereas now like that it's two years since I first moved and now I'm kind of at the place that I hope to be at when I first moved over it you know so mm. like it has sort of in a way worked itself out it just took ages yeah I always think that to myself like if I had to get one tattoo and you know me I could never pull off a tattoo but <laughs> if I had to get one I'd just get tattooed on my forehead everything takes longer than you want it to yes and I love when you say that to me because that it's so so true like obviously you know for maybe I would say one percent of people things just kind of take off really quickly mm -hmm. and I've spoken about that on on the podcast with some people that that did happen to but it's so 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 rare and just generally in life everything takes longer than you want it to and if you just accept it it just makes it easier and you can kind of enjoy the process um a little bit more so i'm curious about what you were saying about the expectation versus reality i suppose of moving to london and like totally relate to that idea of like yeah the best case scenario and the bbc and uh, the lovely apartment or, or whatever the case is and then the reality of like oh god it's really hard to get a job in my field and i'm gonna have to move home for x amount of time um but what about it like and you described it as like you know awful or like worse than you could imagine 
And I'm curious about that. Like, in no way do I want to minimize how bad that was because it sounds like it was fucking awful for you. But like, obviously, like at the end of the day, you had a roof over your head. You had like your partner and food, you had your family. Like you, your basic needs were met. So what was it about that that was so painful for you? Um, I mean, there was lots of good in it, but I think when it went on longer and longer, it was it was yeah kind of the losing hope sort of thing and the mm. never endingness you know and the like i'm somebody who definitely like likes to be busy and using my skills in some sort of way and i just didn't feel like i could do any of that and if i tried it just wasn't really working out is that answering your question i don't think it is actually well no it kind of is i mean i guess what <laughs> like what i'm getting at is normally when something really hurts me or is painful or like when there's something I have to come to accept it normally like triggers something like I'm deeply afraid of I suppose oh yes I know exactly what you mean I I definitely there was a lot of anger that I just had never like experienced that Mm. like strongly before maybe when I was like a kid when I wasn't getting my way but definitely like anger is a really interesting emotion And I've heard people speak about it like in other podcasts before, because we really accept like sadness and anxiety and, you know, obviously happiness and all the emotions and we're the really, really sort of like accepted now in our world. Whereas anger is still like that kind of one that everyone's like, (laughs) put Mm. that away because it can be obviously dangerous. And, you know, like, but I definitely found that like I had this like anger kind of towards the world nearly and like, um, that that was coming out through all of the lockdowns and the like you know trying and trying and and never getting anywhere and that was sort of like scary to experience that emotion yeah what were you angry at (laughs) you take no prisoners um Yeah, I should have. I was going to say that at the start. Like, I was like, I'm afraid, like, because we're really good friends and we'll, we'll just talk like this. But I'm afraid, like, to the outside, they're like, why is Tom bullying Emma Jane? Like, and like, I am, but I'm doing it with love. <laughs> I'm doing it for content. I've already given you so much. Okay, what was I angry at? Like, I honestly don't know how, if I could pinpoint it. I think I was just... I was just angry in the like the state of things like not all the time this is like you know it would just come up yeah just all those feelings that would come up for so many people in in um lockdown were like you know your mental health was challenged and like all of those things were really hard and I'm such a social person as well like I get my energy from people for the most part and you know you just kind of all of your like little outlets are, are gone and you're just kind of left alone it's a really funny thing when you're you know a young person and like it was funny as you were saying that there I was like it's so annoying being in your 20s because you find yourself and like your situation and you just find yourself god like I'm just reduced to being a relatable character in a sitcom the other side of it is then when you're like a young person and you're emerging and like you have this vision for yourself uh which you know yeah, I know there can be a degree of suffering with that. But on the other hand, like, I think that's actually like an important thing to have to, you know, drive you or direct you or or to just kind of help you move through the world. But there can be a real frustration of like, uh, just like, I don't know, like the most, uh, this is a bit ugly what I'm going to say, but there can be a frustration of other people or the industry or your colleagues or your superiors. And you're like, why can't you see my potential? Or like, there's like, you know, because like, I think as a, as a person, we all know what we have to give, you know, or, or we have a good idea, you know, and sometimes we might even have any idea of the heights we can reach. And other times maybe we overestimate what we can bring to a thing, but there's a real frustration in when you're like, I have all this to give. And like, you know, I don't feel listened to. And that can be like a very, very lonely thing. Mm, absolutely. I totally agree with what you, what, what you're saying. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it's hard. And sometimes you have to be realistic as well with um, with what we're looking for a little bit. You know what I mean? We have to sort of adapt, not without sounding like really grim, but we have to sort of adapt our skills and like we have to sort of make them work in a if, if it's what you want to do. If we're talking about like a job, you have to adapt yourself to like 
a job that's needed within the world. And, you know, you kind of, I think that that's important to learn. Mm. Yeah. That really interested me earlier when you were saying about like that, it makes you feel good when you get to use your skills essentially. And I was curious, like, what do you consider to be your strongest skills? Oh, um, (laughs) I promise I will go back to the questions, but I just have a lot of (laughs) Yeah, We'll do one question. Um, work why did I ask you to do this podcast? <laughs> look it's the last episode fuck your format you're talking to me Let's do it. <laughs> um what do I consider my skills um communication skills I'm um, no sorry yeah so definitely people skills I definitely would be mm. my number one skill I think obviously that can go awry sometimes but I think I'm pretty tuned into people and I can pick up on things kind of intuitively um, and I can listen to what people need or want from me as well and sort of like adapt. And I think that that that's probably my strongest skill. Um, yeah, and I'm just like really organized as well, which is a new skill I've learned that I'm like great at organizing things. Really? <laughs> yeah. You seem shocked. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had you down as like some chaotic manic presence in my life, but I also wouldn't have had you down as like the most organized either. Where where did that come from? How's that developed? I think that that's like probably more of a work thing, but you know, even in terms of, you know, some producing work that I'm doing now, um, you just need to be really on it. You need to organize everyone and everything. And um, as well, yeah, I think that I've just a good sort of head for that and like putting things into where they need to be and sort of lining them up. Um, which is definitely a new skill. To be fair, like when we were in drama school, I wouldn't have been like, I'm really organized, but I've kind of picked that up. Um, That's really funny thing. I'm sorry, I'm going to bring on another tangent now, but that is a funny thing, right? Because as you said, we knew each other from drama school. And it's really funny when you, and like drama school, as like, I know you've talked about it on the podcast before, but it is one of these really formative experiences and like you become super bonded with the people and it is one of those things where like people say oh we're like a family and there's actually like a degree of truth to it like it is just one of those things um but it's really funny as well then when you finish drama school and you know we're in drama school like seven years pal um which is kind of bonkers but like also that people move and change and grow and when you know someone so well for like that three-year period of your life it can be really funny then when you see people like grow and change and you know sometimes grow and change away from you and like I don't know there's no question attached to this it's just like that's a kind of fascinating thing about getting older yeah but I do think that 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 sort of happens that you're like what like what but then with those people you're like actually that's that's so right you know it's it's so different to what you kind of thought they might be doing um but it also feels like very right like a lot of people have said that to me with um I'm also doing some work in casting mm. and I'm really enjoying that at the moment and like um loads of people have said that's that makes a lot of sense even though it's not something I ever like would have talked about like back in the day but mm. you know even you like writing a book and things like that are we, are we allowed to say that yes yeah oh yeah <laughs> If, so if that no one ever hears the book, because I messed it up, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tom okay. is writing a book, heard it here first. But like, <laughs> of course, like, of course you'd write a book. It makes so much sense that you would do that. Like you, you, you were like a storyteller. Now, if I wrote, if I was writing a book, that would be weird. I think like I would never write a book that just wouldn't. I just couldn't sit down and write a page, let alone two. <laughs> So why do you think that people think it makes sense that you're in casting now? Um, yeah, do you know what? I don't really know. I would say it's, <laughs> I actually don't really know. Maybe people are just saying that to be nice. <laughs> no, I, I just think it's interesting. I, I think that that's really useful. Like when people give you feedback, you know, and like to take a beat and be like, yeah, what, what's behind that? Like, it's like, it's like that thing when you get notes about like your writing or sometimes even like in acting or any, any aspect of life. But like, sometimes if the note doesn't resonate, but you're like, yeah, but what's the note behind the note, you know, cause there's normally something 
to it like so if someone says like oh you know this section isn't working like oftentimes you're like you know what i'm pretty sure that section is strong but oftentimes it's the bit just before that section that isn't working which makes the section after it feel like it's not working you know what i mean or something like that and like i do think like feedback from people yeah like it's just you know that way like you never get a truly like unbiased view of yourself like you're just stuck in yourself you know what i mean so definitely um, definitely Yeah. And I have a really like, you know, huge respect for actors. Obviously, you know, I've talked to so many actors on this podcast, which might be part of that, too. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. But it is, yeah, it is nice to hear, like, when you are doing something when someone's like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. All right. I love it. Let's go for another number. Can I can I have your second pick, please? OK, Um, number 20. Number 20. OK, we're going deep. All right. Here we go. OK. We're kind of in the same ballpark, but I kind of like that. Because I know you and we're friends, look at all my disclaimers. I'm just like, oh, don't shout at me. Because I know you <laughs> and we're friends and we studied acting together. Do you look back on your acting career as a failure? Oh, golly, that's... A- <laughs> you see, this is what I mean. Like that, that sounds like a mean question, but I'm actually, you know, I don't mean it in a mean way, but I'm just really curious as to how you reflect on that time that is that is a a thing I haven't reflected on in that way but let's see um no definitely not because I definitely it wasn't something that I like stopped doing because I felt like I was failing at it now obviously there's a degree of failing for any actor like even the most successful ones like they you fail all the time as an actor but I think why I've kind of veered away from it in recent years is like more to do with me and what I want. So I actually kind of see it as a success in a way um, <laughs> that um, that I kind of was able to tune into myself and say, do you know what, like this, like acting is so amazing in so many ways. And when you're doing it, it makes you feel great. And there's so there's so much to it. That's incredible. Um, but the life and that like that went around like that went with that I think quickly I was like I don't think this is what I want and the ups and downs of it you know isn't making me happy and like I want to feel happy and I think that like a lot of people as well and that's absolutely fine like everyone should stay true to themselves but a lot of people kind of don't step away from things and 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 they um ultimately will just kind of nearly stay miserable like you know because they want to achieve like their dream is nearly making them like in that disney movie what was that called soul or something i think it was like that Mm. he wants to be a musician and it was like kind of killing him nearly like you know he should have kind of stepped away from it and i'm kind of proud of myself that um i was kind of able to like figure that out you know early and that I have as I said like I've other skills and I've found other things that I love to do which I'm like really passionate about and that I'm kind of good at um yeah so I don't see it as a failure yeah I'm like so I think that's a gorgeous answer and I think it's one of those things isn't it like when when as an actor when you hear one of your drama school friends, for instance, has like left the industry or is just kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not pursuing that anymore. Like it's such an interesting thing to take your temperature on. Cause I think certainly for me, there's always this deep seated, like admiration for the person. And I know it can, it can actually, but the reason I think maybe it's hard to express is because it can almost sound patronizing a little bit or something, but there's nearly like, I actually think it's very brave. I think it's very brave for someone to like, for instance, like leave secondary school and like, you know, be the best in their set. Cause like, that's another thing, like at drama schools, like it's full of people who are just like the most confident kids in their school or like the best, <laughs> like, you know, the one who could like have the loudest voice in their school or the best singer from their school. Like that's what it's full of. And then you <laughs> go into drama school and then you're going to go, oh yeah, that's not really what it's about. Or, or maybe you come out of drama school and you realize, oh, that's actually not that useful anymore. And I think it's really... Uh, I I know I just I think there's something very very ballsy and kind of brave to to go 
you know what, that's, that was for me. And I'm so glad I pursued it and all the learnings and friends and, you know, blessings that came with it. And it's not right for this next stage of my life. And I'm going to do what's right for me. Not, not what was right for, you know, 16 year old me or 21 year old me. I think that's actually like incredibly brave. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, I think it's important. And especially for, for, yeah, for me, it's like the right choice, but also like, I still like speak like an actor and I think I kind of move through the world like an actor if that makes sense in a way like I'll always feel like a bit of an actor like it's just like part of who I am um and you know like I'm never going to ever say never I might you know be like oh do you know what I'm gonna do this for a while now and you know but where I am right now it's not like something I want to keep actively pursuing um because yeah like trying the pursuit of it really and that life of the pursuit of it because you have to give so much of yourself to pursue being an actor and wasn't actually the right call and i love training like oh my god that was the best years ever but you're in this safe bubble and you get to do it every day and you're having a laugh whereas just the kind of like oh you might have a job for a month and then you might have no job for for nine months like that kind of thing Mm. um uh didn't work for me i suppose Yeah, acting is one of them amazing things because it feels so good when you're acting and the best way to ensure you're acting is to pay to be acting and the best way to pay to be acting is to stay in education and there you will never, ever, ever run out of classes or courses or degrees or masters or workshops and don't get me wrong, I still like upskill and I'll go to those things like from time to time but there is definitely a culture where people love acting so much that they'll just pay to keep feeling like an actor and they'll just stay in education because the feeling of it is so good. And when you're in education, you're in this beautiful place where, you know, you're getting constant feedback, you're getting constant, you know, uh, experience and work and community and collaboration and uh, challenge. And it's all these amazing things. And then you go out into the industry and you're like, absolutely, like training is so important and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, when you're out, you're out and it's it's different, you know, and it's, it's... so different. <laughs> it's so different. Yeah, it's like the most different thing ever. And mm. like it's yeah, it's great. It's, it's so brilliant in so many ways. And as I said, like I still do some some small bits like but yeah it's it's a, just a totally different ball game and i really admire people who you know who want to keep in it and who um work really hard at it every day and they like yeah they just they know it's for them so much that they can't give up but also i think there's a point where you know you have to say do you know what does this make me happy and if it doesn't then you should walk away and find what does make you happy and it's I could funny, still, but... you know, I could still go and win an Oscar. Who knows? The world is a strange place. <laughs> Completely. I think that's what's so lovely about it as a career is like it's always there if you want it. Um, but I and I and I I am aware that it might sound like I'm trying to like get you to <laughs> say something or, or or break down about the career that could have been. That's really not my intention. But I just think, and I think it's I just think it's interesting. And maybe it's maybe it's a really particular me is in a really particular Tom thing because I'm not sure I'd have your same perspective. And, you know, when someone exemplifies this maturity or acceptance or something, I'm like, I'm not sure I could have that, which is really just pointing at something unhealthy in me, because I think sometimes how I view myself is reflected in how I'm doing or how I perceive myself to be doing like uh in the world which is you know not so healthy so I think like when someone is able to be like you know what this lifestyle change or change of direction has just made me happier which is correct me if I'm wrong but kind of how you feel about it which is so amazing I'm really like yeah tell me more yeah I think as well like finding I started doing obviously radio and that which led to like the podcast and like I think I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to just be like, oh, I'll just not do that anymore if I didn't have something else that I loved and that engaged me fully. You know, I think I was lucky that way where some people might not have that. You know, I started doing that radio show and I was like, this is so much fun. I love it. Yeah. And I think there's something in that of like when you know your 
mission or purpose or whatever the word might be for you. But there's something in that of when you like are in your zone and you know what you're trying to do, because I mean, you know me, I do a load of different things and acting is absolutely one of them. And in lots of ways, it's the main one. And in in other ways, it's not. It's not what I spend every day doing. You know, that for me is probably more writing, you know, but they're all for me different versions of doing the same thing. And I bet if you like are to trace back between, okay, the podcast, the radio show, acting, even casting, which you're happy in now, like in there, you'll probably find like what that like. Do you have an idea of like what that common theme is that makes all of them things feel good? Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I actually don't know. But what I was going to say to you is, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong and now I'm not interviewing you, but mm. you say what you're more of depending on what's going better. So right now you've got some acting gigs and you're like, acting, whereas I feel like that was your like in the back, back burner. That was the last thing you were doing. You know, you, you were like, mm. oh, I'm like a, I'm a writer or like, mm. you know, I think that like, does that, is that like true? Am I... Totally. Like, and, and I know, I think you said that you, you mentioned this in the, the Allison episode, like that thing I heard on a podcast and now I'm repeating on your podcast, but like the <laughs> idea of like, follow the dream that's following you. And I, but I think even if you break that into like microscopic beats, it's like, yeah, follow the thing where the momentum is now. And not that you become like a fucking approval chasing rabbit, you know what I mean? And you just go wherever the shiny thing is now. But I'm like, if it's in the ballpark of where I want to be, and if it feels right and like so for instance like writing a book was something I never wanted to do and then over lockdown I was like well I love writing so I'm going to keep writing but I can't perform so it doesn't make sense to write a one-man show because like you know as it turned out for two years audiences weren't allowed together so like it was a really smart decision I think for me to write the book but now there's opportunities to get back up in front of an audience and I'm like you know what I feel like this book (laughs) I still do want to write it but it doesn't really feel like the right thing to be like pounding on every day. Now I'm going to just put it in a drawer. There's a first draft there. I'll come back to, I'm pretty sure I will. But like right now there's this like solo show and there's an opportunity to put it on. And that feels like the thing to go at. So fuck it, let's go. And I think that's where I come out on it. My name is Keen, And I'm James. And we host Sissy That Pod. Sissy That Pod is a fun, informative and comprehensive companion podcast into the world of the queer and colourful cultural behemoth that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Join us every week as we cover the current season of the show, All Stars 7, through the eyes of two queer Irish fans. Or scour through our back catalogue wherever you get your podcasts or on headstuffpodcast.com to check out the other seasons we've covered. But for now, start your engine. It's time to crown an ultimate queen. Okay, let's <laughs> go somewhere else. Let's pick another number. Okay, um, number one. Number one. How do you measure your success? Um, my how do I measure my success? Um, I think sometimes like a dangerous way that I measure it is like how busy I am, which I'm trying to, you know, be aware of and not be like, oh, I'm really busy. That must mean I'm doing great. <laughs> I think that that definitely I kind of add those two things together mm. and if I'm not busy then I'm like oh my god I'm not doing anything um and I think sometimes obviously you let outside influences um also you know make you feel like you're doing well or not doing well um which I definitely can be prone to sometimes but again I'm aware of it I'm trying to like veer away from that what um, I saw somebody being like, God, I saw you were doing this and you were, you know, that's great. Or like, I don't know, that kind of thing. Um, and you get like a little bit of a like, oh, that, you know, that's nice to hear. Um, but, you know, it's not really, you shouldn't really measure how well you're doing off just, you know, what other people think. But I think it's a natural um, human instinct. Um, Do you think that that will uh, come into play with finishing the podcast and like a really good thing about having a podcast is that, you know, I know you've broken yours up into seasons, but essentially every couple of months you're going to be like 
producing new things and having something to share in your social media and having something that people out there really enjoy and really get value from. Uh, do you, how do you think it's going to be not having that anymore? Well, I think I'm starting another podcast <laughs> to fill the void. Edit that out. Edit that out. We're not plugging another podcast in this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like what I'm doing at the moment, I'm quite happy in and they're creative things. So I'm not too worried. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm definitely going to miss doing this because it definitely has been a really good focus. Like you in the book over the last two years, mm. it's been great to have this. I'm, I like I started it at the best time you could have ever really in hindsight because I always had like you know as you said like a new season of the podcast to focus on um and you're like constantly meeting all these like really really great people and like learning and um yeah I don't know if I've answered that question now I've kind of veered off on a tangent no that's okay what's the what's the best (laughs) thing that's happened as a result of the podcast or or like the thing you've learned or that you'll take away with you I've learned loads about failure, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down as one of the questions I invented. Like, what how, can you, yeah, tell me, what, what have you learned about failure? <laughs> funnily enough, I've learned some things about failure. Um, <laughs> oh, I've learned loads of lovely nuggets from my guests. It's been a, it's been a great learning experience. Um, like, each guest has kind of brought, like, new um like hints and tips and tricks um and yeah like one thing like tara stewart said give yourself a day you know when you fail something you really want give yourself just give it the day and just like lean into it but then get up and move on i really really think that that was like a great thing to hear um what was your tendency before that you know before you heard that advice what would you have done I probably would have um, let it go on and feed into it a bit more. Like, I think that now with failure, I'm a little bit better at it because I think I started the podcast, as I've said on this a lot of times, because I was really, really not good with failure. But I definitely think I'm a little better, which is great. Um, And also, it's interesting. I was talking to someone at the weekend who said, oh, it's really, you know, when people talk about failure, they talk about it as a past thing. You know, they're like, talk about it as their failures are past. And mm. no one really talks about their kind of present failures. And I was like, that's really interesting. That is really That isn't something I've actually hit on. So maybe I'll have to have another follow-up series. Um, well, on that, can you, you, can you think of a current thing that you're failing at? Definitely. Um, I'm definitely failing at, like, making space to be peaceful and mindful and like giving myself that space that I think I need. Like I'm definitely like a bit caught up in the busyness of life now and um, like the rush. And I definitely know I need to be sort of giving myself like that time to just like be peaceful and, you know, maybe meditate and things like that or do some yoga, things that are really good for me and I'm not. I'm definitely mm. failing at that. And I know I need it because my, my head is like so full of things that I, I should be doing it more than ever. But I tend to just ignore that, that I'm that. And when you notice you're failing at something, what do you do about it? Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm generally pretty good at trying to change things but I say that now and like is that true I think I want to change if I if I recognize it depends on what it is I suppose (laughs) um yes like I think if I see a problem I'll want to fix it Mm. yeah like sometimes I I feel that with myself and I, I I can feel it happen. And I've had this experience before where there's like something in the pit of my stomach where I'm like, 
this is a this is a problem like this is an area of my life that is not going well right now or this is an area of my life where like I'm not acting from integrity or I'm not being the best me and it baffles me sometimes and I would say I'm like quite good at this but like it baffles me sometimes about how long it takes for me to like really listen to that voice and be like yeah that voice is right like you know sometimes you can like have this thing of like oh but like the negative voices in your head like they're wrong like don't listen to them they're just trying to take you down and that can be true sometimes absolutely and you got to know yourself and like whether you have those self-destructive voices in your head and if if you do like how do you manage them because sometimes that can be really hard and I you know it's not something I have experienced on you know on a, a massive level so I don't want to speak to that but like if I were to just do everything that like I think I should do like I'd be amazing like yeah but it, we it, you can't like we all like is anybody being the ultimate human you know I feel like something always gets compromised mm. you know there's all like there is always something we're failing at isn't that just living you're not living if you're not failing like you just can't like there's always going to be something you want to be better at or something you're not doing quite right or something you're ignoring. Do you have an area of your life where you're totally unwilling to compromise on? I'll cut out this long pause. <laughs> I think you should leave it. It's really exciting. It's such a long pause. Um, my relationship with my boyfriend, Thomas, who you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I probably wouldn't compromise on that. Like, I want that to be good. And like, I really like put a lot of time into our relationship and it's really important to me. And um, yeah, that maybe. Can you look back at the relationship and see times where you have failed? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> I am the perfect girlfriend. Oh my God, I fail all the time in my relationship. All the time. Mm. I heard a really interesting thing about like the number one thing that keeps relationships together. And it was that like, I'm kind of going to butcher this, but like the gist of it was that it's that the other person, like that you always think, like you always see the best in what the other person does. So like, even if the other person's being a bit of a bollocks, like you kind of see it and like, are kind of like no not just them being them or you know like it, it like that kind of thing of like the, the like kind of what it was saying was like the number one thing that keeps relation together is like a positive delusion towards each other roast into glasses yeah kind of okay we're coming towards the end of our time but i think we have time for one more question how about you pick the final ever number of fail harder well, not ever, because there's another podcast episode after this. Oh, uh, <laughs> now I feel less special. Okay, let's just end it now. It's okay. <laughs> that was really dramatic. I was like, wait a second. This isn't the last episode. It's the second last episode. Um. Okay, number three. Number three. What's my biggest failure to you as a friend? Oh, God. quiz question yeah and i didn't want to i didn't want to google like pub quiz questions is there is there like a right answer to this uh yes i think so <laughs> do you want to know the right answer no no i have to guess that would be cheating okay um i think it's when you shifted um <laughs> ding 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 <laughs> Is it right? It, it doesn't really matter what you say next. That is the correct answer. Well, you shifted everyone I know. <laughs> well, you shifted know. all my friends. <laughs> Sorry, the signal's really bad here. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it was when you shifted friends at my birthday, and then it caused a big argument between other friends. That's what I was going to say. No comment. Is that, was that was that the right answer? That was the right answer. <laughs> oh my god! Ten wow. points to Gryffindor. <laughs> well, wow, um, that's that's cool that um that we both thought that. Yeah, I don't think I I don't really think it as a, a failure. By the no, way, no, that was it's a just, comedy answer. I'm sure I have like funny. more serious, you know. I don't think slights. So. You're a pretty good friend. I'm a pretty good friend. Yeah, you're here doing this. <laughs> I am. Okay. 
Let's go for one more. Okay. Our final number of today. Number three. Number three. Okay. Have you any past failure that you look back on now and say, thank fuck, that didn't work out? Mm, um, yes. Lots of, th- well, not lots of them, but one that's like, you know, I think um, I've thought about, because obviously I've thought about, you know, the answers to my own questions sometimes. I'm like, okay, so when I was in school and I wanted to go to college, I wanted to go to the Lear really badly, which for anyone listening is like the best drama school in Ireland. Um, And loads of people on this podcast have actually been to the Lear and it's absolutely amazing. Um, And I really wanted to go and I kind of got kind of far, then I didn't get in and I had to go to where I did go to college was the DOT and Conservatory of Music and Drama. And at the time I was really, really devastated and definitely saw it as a failure. Um, and now I could have went to the Lear and I could be, you know, rich and famous and delighted. I don't know, but I really kind of glad that it didn't work out like that now. Cause first of all, those few years um, in DIT were like, just, I, I just look back at them like, as in like, blissful times like I loved it I made such good friends I just I I loved every minute of that um then that kind of doing that led me to go to Bow Street as well which again I had a great experience with and then yeah like I've just kind of carved out a different sort of path obviously and yeah like at the time definitely not getting into the Lear was like I saw it as a huge failure and not going to where I really wanted to go was a failure to me at the time in my life um but now I'm like you know what I'm delighted that it didn't work out that way and it did work out the way it did what do you think would have happened that is when the alternative reality where you go to the Lear what do you think would have happened that you would have liked less I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I could have went that route and it would have been great, but I am I am just kind of grateful with how it did kind of turn out in its weird way. That sort, mm. of, sort of like circling back to everything happens for a reason. But yeah, I definitely saw it as like as a huge failure at the time that you know, that was my dream to do that. And I had to go and like compromise and do something, go somewhere else, which, you know, the Lear is the best and you want to go to the place that's the best. And I didn't, but it was, um, it was great. Mm. I think an interesting question as well is, is there any past failure that you look back on now and you say, oh my God, I'm still a little bit devastated. That didn't happen. Oh, wow. No, I can't think of anything. Mm. You kind of just like, you know, I'm sure you just move on from things. So then it's hard to kind of say in in my personality, I guess it's kind of hard to say, oh, I'm still like there's loads of things that didn't work out the way I wanted them to. But now I've sort of like put them into different sections now and divided them up and like, I can't really look at them the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like a couple of months ago, there was that like really cool job at the BBC that went on for ages that I was telling you about. Mm. And I was so devastated then I didn't get it. Um but now I'm kind of like happy enough with what I'm doing and I'm not really like yearning for that. But mm. maybe if I wasn't kind of happy in what I'm doing now, I would be. It's really interesting. Like human beings are like compost bins for experience, you know, and like, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and, and whatever happens to us, we just, you know, have to let it, you know, pass through the system and oh rot. my god <laughs> and then we have to like repurpose it as mulch like that's but like honestly isn't that kind of it <laughs> did you just make that up or have you yeah. heard that somewhere no literally i literally it was just as you were saying that i was like i, I just think i think because i think the idea <laughs> of actually failing at something is very very painful so we just need to repurpose it 
Yeah, as... I think I've repurposed things. And I also think like, I, I, I want to like, I think that I have for <laughs> if this interview was, you know, a few months ago, my answers would be completely different again. It's just so fleeting. All of it's like, yeah, you're just putting things like into sections. Everything is, um, yeah, it's a big, long, like a big compost bin, really, for experience. <laughs> but it is, yeah, we're like, it's hard to sit. It's hard to kind of to sit like to re like resurface like that experience and now say, oh, I'm still devastated because I'm not really, you know, because yeah. it's gone into the compost bin and it's something else. I kind of think that's a nice place to end it. Who thought Who thought that this would end with us discussing compost bins? Compost bins are great. Get a compost bin, you guys. Tom, thank you so much for doing this. I really you. appreciate it. I never quite made it onto personality bingo, which is Tom's podcast. It was. It was kind of like a. <laughs> it was kind of like an insult compliment when you asked me to guest host, which I am very honored to do. But I was also like, yeah, because you weren't high profile enough to be an actual guest, <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I know my place. And in all seriousness, you've been a great me... guest. Oh no, 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 totally. But that opportunity's gone now. Uh, and I would <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um. And I say this on behalf of everyone who's listened and has got so much out of it and subscribed and enjoyed and all the rest of it. Um, like you've brought real value to people. And I think you've made a lot of people feel a lot less alone in what is something that, you know, most of us don't talk about day to day. And uh, I think it would only be right to say uh, thank you um, for all your work and vulnerability uh, and insight um, and well done and I love you and you should be really really proud of yourself Pam. Oh, it's been really that's super so nice love you too I always feel like when you know when someone's complimenting you you're like oh god <laughs> I don't know what to do <laughs> say thank you thank you thank you and thank you for this it's much appreciated thank you for listening to this episode of fail harder I really hope you enjoyed it If you like the podcast, it would be so helpful if you could subscribe to it, rate and review it, share it on social media or with a friend. One or all of these things is so appreciated. Thank you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 